and say, great to have all of you in the house of the Lord. Also remind that we have our MIT class this Tuesday night, Bible study on Wednesday night, leadership on Friday night. Amen. So kind of busy this week. And then Thursday night will be the Bible quizzing practice. So amen. So keep those things in mind. So every night's busy around here. Amen. We, uh, they had a memorial service yesterday for a precious lady, and uh, uh, it was inspiring. You know, it's sad for the loss of an individual, yet at the same time, when you hear how people live their life and the choices they make, it's very inspiring because it lets you know that if they can, you can, and if they made it, you can make it. And uh, she had lots of difficult things in her life, and I want to go into all of those things, but uh, then to hear all of the people that were affected and influenced by her life, and that's the real key is uh, how are we affecting those that are around about us? Yeah. It's really the key. Uh, if you, you're not helping someone to know more about Christ, get them close to Christ, and, and the world's a better place because of you, then you are not really living life. You're just blowing through your years, and that's all you're doing. You need to make sure that you're doing something with your life. You know, some people say, the only way I can do something great in my life is stand behind a pulpit and preach. Oh, no. Folks, no, that's not the key. The key is how we live our life every day. That's a free sermon for you this morning. Mark chapter 15, verse 33 says, and when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Kind of describes our nation right now. <laughs> There's darkness over this nation. And at the ninth hour, Christ, uh, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, leme sabachthani, which is, being interpreted, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? This is the flesh there, folks, crying out. And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vin vinegar and put it on a re reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. The spirit. And then the next action is extremely important. Verse 38 says, And the veil of the temple. When did the veil rip? gave up the ghost. When he died, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. This, the Lord put this verse of scripture, just verse 38 on my mind, and I was praying about it and thinking about it, and I was thinking, okay, Lord, I've heard that preached, and so I don't really understand what you want there, but as I was praying, the Lord started showing me something about this verse and the context of this verse. 
that I think you'll find is very interesting because it completely relates to us today. For a few moments, I want to preach on this subject, removing the veil. Removing the veil. Amen. You may be seated. Again, I'm glad all of you are here today in the house of God. In verse 38, reference is made to the veil of the temple. And so I believe it's important for you to have an understanding of what that veil was. And we find in Exodus 25, God gave the children of Israel the specifics concerning that veil. So how large was the veil? Well, we find out in Solomon's temple that the veil was 45 feet high. 45 feet high. Uh, Bishop, how high is the center of that dome right there? 38 feet. The veil in Solomon's temple was 7 feet taller than the center of that dome right there. 7 feet tall. It was approximately 30 to 40 feet wide was this veil. Now when Herod came along in Herod's temple, he decided he wanted to do a little more better. So he made his around 40 feet wide and 60 feet tall. A veil 60 feet tall. Now this is interesting too. That veil, they say, was a hand's breadth thick, which is approximately 4 to 6 inches thick. Four to six inches thick. Now think about that veil. A veil, if it was just the 45 foot one. And if it was just 30 feet wide. And it was just four inches thick. You know what? That's a big veil. That is a massive veil. The veil was made of, was one of the most ornate objects in the tabernacle. And there is a message within just what was put into that veil. It was woven with fine linen of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. And then skilled craftsmen embroidered figures on it of cherubims on this curtain. And according to the Talmud, this was something I thought was interesting. That veil, and this makes a lot of sense, the veil was so large and heavy that when the veil was to be cleaned, it required 300 plus priests to handle that veil, which would make sense. Four inches thick, 60 feet tall, and Herod's, and 30 to 40 feet wide. Yeah, you'd probably need three. Have you ever thought about your curtains with a little liner on the back of them? Just trying to remove one of those little curtains and clean this, ladies? That's a handful. And a lots of time you're calling from somebody to help you with just a little curtain over a window with a little liner on the back. Think of something four inches thick and that large. You say, what's the big deal? It's really a big deal in regards to this veil because of what the veil, why the veil was there. The veil played a very important part in the tabernacle and in the temple. The veil, hear me, was to separate the holy place from the holiest of holies. And the holiest of holies contained the Ark of the Covenant. Everybody say the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the glory of God or the Spirit of God, folks. That veil kept the glory of God from destroying the unholy things of humanity. 
Again, the veil was a means to keeping humanity from the glory of God. Did you get that? It's what it was for. According to our scripture text, that veil was rent from top to bottom. Top to bottom. When Jesus died or gave up the ghost on Calvary. Now a veil of that size doesn't just accidentally rip. Something that's four inches thick doesn't just rip because the wind blows or something changes or something. Some people say, well, the building shifted so much when they had the earthquakes when he died. that If it would have moved that much, the building would have fallen down before a veil four inches thick would have torn in two, folks. So it was not some kind of human power or some kind of natural event that happened. I believe it was the descending power of God, the glory of God descending from heaven that split. You hear me? It was the glory of God descending from heaven that ripped that veil in two. I'm preaching about removing the veil. God removed the veil on Calvary. He ripped it in two. The reason why he was given access to all humanity, to the glory of God, to the spirit of God, to the presence of God. Thank God for that, folks. That cross of Calvary represents so much to us. Sometimes we just look at he died and it's a shedding of the blood. Man, it did so many things, folks, for us today. Giving us access to the Spirit of God that we tre treasure so much. The greatest gift you're ever going to get is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was made accessible to you by the cross of Calvary and the dividing of the veil, folks. The physical veil in the temple was removed by God. But can I say today there are things just as real as that physical veil that separates us from God? Yes, there are things in our life that are keeping us from God. Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 59 and 2. He made it very clear. He said, but your iniquities have separated or has put a veil between you and your God separated. You, it's put something, your iniquities are acting like a veil separating humanity from the presence of God or the glory of God. Your iniquities is this veil and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now do you understand that only the high priests were able to access that holiest of holies or go past that veil? All of the other children of Israel were not allowed to go in past that veil. That veil kept out all of the children of Israel from the whole, or from the glory of God. And it was real. Because God backed up the veil. Because even if you in your physical could walk over and have pulled back the veil, the glory of God would kill you. The glory of God would kill you. You say that, I, I, there are so many sermons in this. You guys are going to have to study. There's so many sermons in this thing. Can I just insert this? You can't just come into the glory of God whenever you choose. You can't come to God unless he calls you to him. 
they couldn't just pull back the veil and walk because they were dead. They had to have an invitation that one time a year to go in past that veil. All of this is significant and all of this is a sermon within itself. But you say, what, what's the veil all about? Well, Paul told us what the veil was about in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, that holiest of holies. How? By the blood of Jesus. How did we get the blood of Jesus? When he died on the cross. When the flesh died or the veil was split, then it gave us access to the holiest of holies. Then he goes on, by a new and living way which he, he hath consecrated for us. You ready? Through the veil. Everybody say through the veil. Through the veil. That is to say his... Come on. Say it nice and loud. I'm preaching on removing the veil. Paul said, through the veil, that is his flesh. <laughs> oh, church. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Woo! This is all tying into the new birth message, folks. See, the veil was referred to as the flesh. Do you agree with that? Says it clearly. Jesus conquered the flesh on the cross by the power of the blood. When the fleshly temple was torn, Figuratively, the veil in the temple was torn. When that physical temple on that was housing the glory, the glory of God and the presence of God was inside of that temple, the man Christ Jesus, that fleshly temple. And when that, folks, that's the reason why all the things happened to Jesus leading up to the cross of Calvary. They beat him on the back, lacerated his back. What were they doing? They were literally tearing apart the fleshly temple. They were tearing it literally to shreds. His back was laid open, folks. They drove nails through that temple, tearing the flesh and tearing the veil of the flesh. Why? Because inside of that veil of the flesh housed the glory, the same glory that was in the Ark of the Covenant that was inside the holiest of holies. Why? Because here is the holiest of holies. That is Jesus Christ without sin. There's no sin there. That's the reason why the holiest of holies, if they went in there without the blood covering them, the sin that was in their life would destroy them. The glory of God would destroy them. Christ was without sin. And the veil was being torn and releasing that spirit to all humanity. And figuratively at the same time, inside of the temple, the veil is now being rent from top to bottom. Then three days later we say, Oh grave, where is thy sting? And oh death, where is thy victory? Because of the power that was in the Spirit of God that was working in the flesh of the man Christ Jesus. See, when his flesh died, the veil ran in two. Do you agree with that statement? Yes. 
then there was access to the glory of God or the Spirit of God. It was only, everybody say only, only when the flesh died and the blood was shed that the veil split. I believe that even today, unfortunately, the veil is still in place. I'm not talking about the physical veil of the temple in Jerusalem. I'm talking about the veil of flesh that is keeping us from the glory of God. That is keeping individuals from the spirit of God. Hear me, the only way to access the glory of God or the spirit of God is through the blood. And the only way to have the blood applied is through repentance or crucifixion of the flesh. So my question today is very simple. What is between you and the glory of God or the Spirit of God? What struggle or sin or this veil of flesh is keeping you from receiving the Holy Ghost? See, Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like cleansing, they shall be as wool. God is available and has made himself available to us, folks. But the reality is, no one could go into that spirit or glory of God because of the veil. And today, there are veils in place that are separating humanity from the spirit and the glory of God. If you want the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God, you need God to help you to crucify the flesh with the desires thereof. Are you ready? Or God needs to rip your veil of flesh that is keeping you away from God so that you can enter into the veil and get into the glory of God or get to the Spirit of God. Now, I think this is so interesting when I was studying this. History tells us that after that veil was ripped in two, that they set out to repair the veil and put it back together in the temple. After Jesus was risen, after the Holy Ghost was poured out, they go back and repair the very veil that was ripped from top to bottom. Are you ready? Our humanity sought to put back in place the barrier that Jesus Christ through the cross of Calvary had removed. The cross removed the veil. It split the veil and immediately humanity went back and started trying to put the veil. They started sewing the veil back together. History tells us that. Can I ask you this? Who did it? Who was the ones that put the veil back together? History tells us it was the religious people of Jesus' day. Sermon. And today, the religious world is keeping intact the veil. The religious leaders of the day are trying to keep the veil intact. Why did the religious leaders of Jesus' day replace the veil? I'll tell you why they repaired the veil. Because, huh, because they didn't connect what happened on the cross to the access of the glory and the Spirit of God. 
Those religious leaders never made a connection of what was really happening when he died on the cross to what happened when the veil was rent in the temple from the top to the bottom. I'm preaching, folks. I, I was getting this sermon. I'm typing as fast as I can as God was giving me some things I hadn't seen before. They did not understand the power of the death of Jesus Christ as it related to the Spirit of God and access to the Spirit of God. Are you ready? Or let me put it another way. They didn't understand what true repentance had to do with receiving the Holy Ghost. They had no clue what true repentance had to do with the glory of God. How, pastor? They say, you just need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's what the religious world is doing today. They're keeping the veil intact, folks. They're keeping the veil. They say this, you don't have to change your lifestyle. The veil is the flesh. They're saying you just leave the veil in place and you can still have the glory. You can still have the Spirit of God and leave your veil in place. Honey, I hope somebody's hearing me today. I'm preaching straight from the Word of God, what God gave me in my prayer. Hear me today. You cannot have the Spirit of God with the veil of the flesh in place. Veil's got to go. Veil's got to split. Veil's got to be removed if you're going to get the Holy Ghost. See, we live in a day today when we've got preachers that are preaching today. Let's keep the veil intact. You don't have to change from all of the wicked lifestyle you had and you can still have the Spirit of God. You ready? The reason why the religious leaders of Jesus' day, why they didn't connect the cross to the veil because they didn't have a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little excited. I'm going to have to take it off and get working here. Now hear me today. They, they did not connect the two together because they did not understand that it was the almighty God of heaven in flesh that was being crucified on the cross of Calvary. Is it now... Is it now easy for us to understand why most of the Christian world are Trinitarians. And when you start listening to those that are saying the veil needs to still stay in place, they are Trinitarians. You're saying you're slamming that. No, I'm telling you there's a connection, a direct connection. They didn't get a revelation, and so they put the veil back in place. When you get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, honey, you'll want to remove the veil so you can access the glory of God. When you find out who he is, you say, give me your presence, God. Woo! Man, we need a revelation of God. It's our salvation. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Shout it to the Lord this morning. Woo! Thank God for revelation. I know that you're one God and your name is Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Are you ready? The veil didn't keep God in 
It just limited the access of humanity to the presence of God. Woo! Woo! He's an omnipresent spirit everywhere. No holiest of holies contain the presence of God. He was everywhere at all times. But that spirit and glory of God, we, in that day, they were hindered from getting into that by the veil. Not keeping God in, keeping them out. Ready to preach. We want to talk about being used by God in the spirit, but our veil is what's hindering us from getting into the glory of God and seeing the gifts of the Spirit working and operating in the church. When the veil is removed, the glory of God is released, the Spirit of God is released, then we'll see the gifts of the Spirit working in the church because the veil is gone. We hinder the presence of God. Why? Because the veil is still. Honey, today I'm giving you revelation from the word of God. Today I'm giving you something God gave to me. Honey, it's a revelation that should open your mind today to realize, folks, I need to change. I need to throw everything out of the way. I need to help this veil be torn and say, God, work in me. Fill this temple with your glory, God. Oh, somebody shout amen if you agree with me this morning. <laughs> Again, that's what Paul was saying. The flesh was a type. The, the veil was a type of the flesh according to Paul in Hebrews. Hear me. If you will allow me for just a few moments, I'm going to quickly connect the dots right here. You may say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me today? How does this sermon apply to me today about removing the veil? Basically, that same question was asked in Acts chapter 2. Because you know what Peter was preaching? He preached very specifically Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Go and look at his sermon. His sermon was saying this, I'm connecting with you the cross of Calvary to your access to the glory of God. Read, I don't have time to read the whole chapter of Acts or at least 20 verses or 30 verses there that you need to read. But you're going to have to trust me today. He goes and tells them, this Jesus Christ was the very thing or the door. You ever heard about the door of Jesus Christ? He'll be in the door. He's the door that is helping us access the holiest of holies through the veil that we walk through. My Lord and my God, he's our door. He's our salvation. What? To the glory of God and the Spirit of God folks man but they could not understand what was going on why because in their minds everything around them was physical Everything, the veil, physical. Everything they was doing was routine. They were just going through motions, offer this sacrifice, do this and do that. But all of a sudden, the presence of God is now being released from inside the holiest of holy. And it's more now than just physical activities. Whoa! It's the power and the glory of the Spirit of God that's going to work. 
That's the reason why you go and start looking at them and how they're acting. It's because they've been programmed for years and indoctrinated for years to think a certain way about the temple, about the veil, about the sacrifice, about everything. And Peter comes along and says, let me show you and give you an understanding and a revelation to connect the cross to the veil and connect the cross to the glory of God. And when he does that, verse 37, they do this. They say, it says this, now when they heard this, what? The sermon about Jesus. Go study it. Sermon about Jesus dying on the cross. He said, you've taken this holy one and killed him and crucified the cross. What'd you do? You just split the veil and he split the veil. That's what he's saying. Now they said, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we need to do? What? To get that spirit and glory of God which was inside of a veil all of our life. How do we get that out there from in there into here, Peter? How can we get it done? <laughs> Oh, I'm getting so excited. I'm about to blow a fuse up here, folks. And I'm getting too old to be blowing fuses. They don't work anymore. I'm just excited. Why? Because there are millions of churches a day that have no clue to the revelation you're receiving this morning from the preaching of the Word of God. Not me. It's God that has to give us the revelation. Hear me. He said, this is what you're going to have to do. Acts 2.38. Anybody know what Acts 2.38 starts with? What does it start with? Whoa! Repent or let the veil be removed or split the veil so the glory can come in to your life. Whoa! He was saying, hey, you want this glory and spirit of God? Then you've got to make sure you humble yourself before God. You've got to allow your veil to be ripped. You've got to allow yourself to be torn. Why? We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live through the glory of God because the veil has been removed. Oh, somebody shout it to God because of his glory. Woo! Hallelujah! Brother Angelo, go ahead. You can stand to your feet. So here's the question I got for everybody in this house today. And I got to quit because I'm about to blow a fuse for sure. Because the revelation of God is so powerful. And when we study the Word of God and He gives you revelation, when, you're, when the revelation God gives you from the Word of God backs up what your doctrine is, it should make you so excited. It's when your thoughts and what you thought was right contradicts the doctrine. You need to be concerned about things. But when God was showing me this stuff, I could stand up here and preach all day today, literally, and connect the dots from the Old Testament to the New. I had things. They can show you. Look at these notes. 24 pages. I'm not going to preach 24 pages today of notes. So you guys can just relax. So I'm on page number six. I'm not preaching you something. I'm taking one little verse and trying to build a doctrine. I'm talking about everything of the Old Testament. Amen. 
is built on the New Testament. That's the reason why the prophet in the Old Testament said what? They have literally shredded the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. Go, it talks about how they're going to tear his body and bruise his body. And dude, what was he talking about? He was talking about the tearing of the veil. It's what it all, it ties in from the Old to the New Testament. So today I've got a question for you. What have you put together in your mind or your spirit that's separating you from the glory of God? See, God split the veil. God did his part. How many individuals in this house you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without repenting? I want to see who's lying. They raise their hand. Just making sure I can barely see, but I see there's some of you out there. Look like Goliath almost to me. I can't hardly see much. But hey, there you go. I didn't see any hands. Now, how many in this house have received the Holy Ghost by repenting? Everybody who raised their hand, disconfirm my, my message this morning and confirm the word of God is true. Repentance, hear me, repentance is the removing of the veil. It's you putting that fleshly veil on an altar of repentance. And when you do, that crucifixion is then the splitting of that veil or opening up the fleshly to the spiritual so the glory can escape and go through the veil and access what now God wants to be the temple of God or he wants to make, well, what did Paul say? He wants to make it the holiest of holies right here inside of this fleshly temple. But he can't as long as your veil is in place. I can pray to you till I lose my voice and you'll never get that glory and spirit of God because it's your responsibility. They said, men and brethren, what do you preachers have to do? No. What do you say? Men and brethren, come on. What I got to do, tell you what, it's real simple. Remove the veil. Ready? Remove the veil. And when you remove the veil, then you're going to need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. But first, you got